You're listening to Thriving Church Leadership, a church board development podcast. A dialogue to encourage church leaders to rise to the noble task of church leadership. Through a series of conversations with godly, experienced, and insightful individuals, we've dived deep into this very unique space of leadership, specifically formal church leadership, such as pastors, elders, deacons, trustees, and board leadership as a whole within the church. I'm Brett Elder, and your co-host for today's episode. And I'm Brian Walker, president of the Grace Gospel Fellowship, your other co-host for this episode. Church planning, strategic planning, that's the subject matter of the day. And while it's not necessarily controversial subject matter, strategic planning doesn't get too much airtime in the context of leadership discussions in church boardrooms. Today, we want to explore why that might be, and then discuss how strategic planning is not contradictory to, but rather complementary to following God's design for the local body of believers. Thanks, Brett. So today we have a special guest, and in addition to just the ability to talk about this big topic, joining us from Ada, Ohio, is a friend of mine, and Dr. Jeff Price, and I'm really happy that you're able to join us here, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Um, hey, would you give us just a little intro about yourself? Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff Price, uh, I am... Um, Longtime member and uh, member of the Board of Deacons, as well as uh, obviously a member of Grace Gospel Church in Ada, Ohio. Um, we uh, we actually don't live in Ada, but we live in the next. Uh, our, our school is in the next uh, next door community, and we actually play Ada tonight. Uh, it's a rivalry game uh, for mm-hmm. football. So, uh, but. Um, no, I've been married my wife Teresa for we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. Uh, I have three kids, uh, five grandkids. Uh, but I think it's an important part uh, of my development, certainly has been centered around um, church and especially Grace Gospel Church, the dispensational theology uh, uh, being a, a great lens through which uh, we view all Scripture. Excellent. Thank you. I, it's just good to have you. As a, as a superintendent of a, of a school system, it, the the process of strategic planning for yourself is, is something that you need a competency to do. Um, t- talk a little bit about the ways in at the at the at the school I'm sorry the school administrative level that that you've used and um, implemented and deployed strategic planning, Jeff. Well, I've used strategic planning at every stop that I've made. I've been superintendent now for seventh, and this is my eighteenth year. I've been an administrator for over twenty years, and this is my thirty eighth year in public education. I, you know, as a teacher and as a, as a coach, uh, I was always intrigued with leadership and, and why leadership made decisions uh, the way that they did. I am, as a leader of a school, uh, I became convinced that you had to allow everyone to have an input into the decision-making process. And so, we use a distributed leadership model, and that was actually 
the the centerpiece of my dissertation in um, you know in my doctorate program. And so we, in fact, we don't in the school setting we don't even talk about buy-in. We we talk about ownership because that's it's what we want everybody to do. Uh, from a school perspective, we when we do strategic planning, um, we use teachers, we use other staff members, we include our community, and of course our our board of education and administrators. But we collectively sit in a room, and and while I may facilitate, I'm I'm not the decision maker, and you know, Brian, I'm not I'm not the smartest guy, uh, but I am smart enough to know that that. Uh, the best decisions, I think, are made collectively. Uh, some people get a little bit maybe discouraged or 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 get uh, upset with that sometimes uh, because it takes a it takes a while. It takes time to make uh, good decisions, but uh, collectively, I think the best decisions are are always made, and that's always been true. Uh, certainly been true in a school setting, and I think it's somewhat. Hey, there are some similarities and some differences in, in churches, but I think overall, um, you know, following that model is, is a good model to get everyone involved in, in the church process or in the, excuse me, in the, in the leadership process, the decision-making process. Appreciate uh, the term distributed leadership model. Not a term I was familiar with, so I'm already learning something, um, which is not hard to do. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe some of the similarities and the differences that you speak of in a church setting, because after all, this is what what our podcast is all about. And uh, what what are some of the ways that maybe governance structure, just the way we go about doing things differs from a school setting, say, to a church setting? I know you've played key roles at churches as well. Yeah, Grace Gospels, pretty small church. We have a congregation of about um, about sixty adults uh, on our. We obviously we don't have a role, but um, we would consider that to be our, about our church size, fifty to sixty. Uh, so it's not an, it's not a really large church or an organization. Uh, so it's a little bit different there. Maybe a little bit less formal. Probably a few less committees. Uh, uh, those types of things that we use uh, here in the in the school setting, uh, we'll have uh, oh, five or six committees and you know twenty people on a committee, and so you have to break that break those meetings down a little bit more. Um, I think the the key to getting good dialogue in a committee uh, when you're talking about trying to, uh, regardless of what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, is uh, 10 or 12 people. If you get to 15, it, it gets uh, pretty cumbersome. And, and what you would find in that in that instance is that you have to, as a facilitator, then you have to come up with different ways to break that group down into smaller chunks. And so uh, breaking them down in the meetings and then coming back and reporting out. So those types of things. I think, um, obviously, uh, from... Both in the church and and the school, you have you have people who you know need. Uh, maybe they have uh, special gifts. Uh, they have um, expertise, and so you try to get them on 
uh, to the committees in which they uh, can bring their expertise and 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 you know there are certain committees that need certain people on those and and that's uh, that's something that uh, obviously when I've done it at Grace Gospel or I do it in my home school you know those are things that I already know when I do this process at another school that becomes a pretty intensive uh, conversation with the superintendent. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we have, we have to make, make those decisions. And, and so if I were to do it in a church that I wasn't, uh, you know, quite sure about the, um, you, you know, about the makeup of the, of that congregation, you would want to have, uh, intensive conversations with uh, the pastor and the board. So, uh, appreciate that explanation. I actually am thinking through the church leadership processes that I've been involved in. And my experience, and I don't know if this comports with your experience, but my experience is that strategic planning is really not a common part of the natural dialogue within churches. When I'm in boardrooms, I don't hear about strategic planning too much. Uh, do you do you experience the same thing? Yes, um, I I chuckle a little bit. I've said on our church board, I I don't know. Maybe they will uh, take somebody down here. Will take the time to to listen to this podcast. But um, you know, sometimes it's frustrating uh, because we are stuck in the moment. And we're trying to fix problems that uh, arise. We're sticking fingers in the dike to keep the dam from, uh, you know, coming apart. Mm-hmm. And instead of uh, really, you know, being, um, you know, you know, trying trying to look forward and, and look out there. And it's a, it's an easy place to get to. But as a leader in an organization, it's critical if you want to move an organization uh, forward and and really have a you have a vision you have to put in play in a place. And of course, you know, when you're dealing with churches, uh, you know, whether I'm dealing with churches or a school, God plays a part in that. Uh, certainly in my own life, uh, you know, through prayer and, and seeking God's wisdom and, and dealing with situations. But extre- especially in the church, uh, a lot of the time, um, would be spent uh, in prayer, and um, you know when you're talking about you know meeting with committees, uh, not just not just uh, you know having that super sometimes what we I would say superficial opening prayer, but actually uh, seeking God and and taking you know ten minutes or or whatever time is needed to to seek God's God's guidance in that. So, hey, one one of the things you alluded to a little bit, just maybe at the beginning of that explanation, was uh, a church that may or may not want to listen to this and go in that direction. And it, and it brings up a thought, Jeff, and you and I have talked about this before, and, and, and Brett, speak into this as well. Is there, in, in, in your minds, guys, um, is there a, 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 a health of an organization that might be better suited for uh, the the discussion of a strategic plan, and maybe even if you take that conversation to the next level, is there a, a certain degree of health that an organization will even talk about it? You know, in other words, thinking about it but actually doing it, 
Do you feel like there's a, a degree of health in an organization that needs to be at before that happens? Or do you think any organization should be thinking about strategic plan at any time? Uh, so does that, does that question ring, does that ring a bell with your experience, Jeff or Brett? The radio silence, quite literally. <laughs> no, I, I can jump in there. Um, I, Brian, I think any, any organization really needs to have be a uh, visionary. I think God calls us to that. Uh, but, you know, going through a full-fledged strategic planning process is a, you know, three or four, maybe a, even a six-month process. So uh, if the church is not, the church has to be willing to make change, it, and it has to be willing to, to uh, think forward in order to uh, really accomplish anything. If you're, if not, then you're, you're spinning your wheels and, and even worse, you're, um, you know, you're, you're making promises or, or you're putting the plan together that may or may not ever come to fruition. So yes, I think there has to be some health to go through a a full-fledged planning process. Although I think any, any church, I mean, we, you could do small planning projects with, with any church and any size, uh, really, I think in any condition, and it may be the, the, the process by which they could even maybe become a little healthier. What do you think you are worried about that, Brett? My experience is that strategic planning is often not on the radar screen because there's too much tyranny of the urgent, but even that tyranny of the urgent is often reflected, not always, in unhealth of an organization. So there's, uh, you mentioned, Jeff, the willingness to change and to grow. And I think that part of the changes that we, uh, that, that a church board might have difficulty with as a group leading a church are the, the changes that perhaps we don't want to tackle because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. We need to, we need to address the, un, the unhealth within the organization. We need to um, maybe let an individual go within our, within our organization in order to turn that corner. So part of the tyranny of the urgent is that we're not addressing the unhealth in our organization. So looking forward to change when we're not taking care of of really the things that we should be because it's uncomfortable, I think is often the reason for for why we don't spend more time strategic planning. So this is um, one of the things I appreciate about even Brett's experience is, um, Brett, for a while you were helping small ministries, even like indigenous ministries or pastors and in, in, in third world countries think about strategic plan. And one of the things you brought up, Jeff, which is really, I find an interesting tension is a lot of churches that I hear talk about strategic planning say we're too small to, to be thinking about a strategic plan. Um, we're, we're, we're going, we're barely able to stay on the tactical stuff, the day-to-day stuff. Um, so which is a, which is an easy, an easy out for the idea of having a you know, strategic preparedness. Brett, how did you bridge that gap when you would talk with a small indigenous ministry leader in Haiti or Bangladesh and help them see the value 
even in that application of a, of a strategic plan? It's a good question. It's a loaded question. I think in some ways um, there was a question that I would ask of every ministry leader, every pastor particularly, and that is, if your church ceased to exist today, why would it matter? In other words, um, what makes you different or unique from every other church that you might have that, that anyone could choose to go to? Um, I mean, one simple answer to that is, well, we've got 50, 60, 100, 200 unique people that go to this church. They'll miss it. Um, but is there a difference that you're making uh, beyond the care? Because they can be cared for and nurtured in other churches as well. And so part of it is asking the question, why has God called this local body of believers to exist? Is it, if, it's, if it's purely for a unique theology, mm-hmm. perhaps that's rationale, but perhaps there's something that God is calling that group of believers to engage in corporately um, for the life of the world that exists around it, around it, if, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, I, I don't remember the book, and maybe you guys can talk about the book, I, and maybe it's not even relevant to the point we're going to make here. There, there was a book that had a title that was similar to this, Too Small Not to Plan. I can't remember. I think that's the wrong title. But, um, you know, there is a sense that, Big organizations, and I think this is a fair assessment, big organizations have the ability to to move on their own inertia. And planning is almost um, and it's almost taken care of by its own inertia. Um, in, in other words, we're going to go where this thing's going because it's so large. The um, you know when I think of small and 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 maybe a bit to your point, Jeff, you know the the size of the church and the energy of people wanting to think about strategy. How would you, Jeff? How do you how do you bridge that? Just you know, as you're doing a strategic plan for a, a school system, and and um and you, and you think of a church and and just the scale differentials. Um, how would you go about helping a church see the the value of almost the necessity of having a strategic outlook at the organization? And do you have a do you have a thought of how you would go about doing that? If if or maybe you've done it. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you, I would, I would challenge that church to say your, your smallness is actually going to make it easier and you're more nimble, uh, in a more nimble, uh, position to make some really, uh, really strong and exciting changes. So the larger the organization, the harder it is to steer that ship. And you think about steering a ship versus a rowboat um, and turning that ship versus a rowboat, it's much easier to turn that rowboat than it is the large ship. And and it's much quicker. And so I think you can make some really exciting changes um, through planning, through the planning process. And it doesn't have to be large. Hmm. Hmm. So the, um, the idea of change and strategy um, are they are they always connected? Um, change management and strategic planning do you, is it does it have to be in your guys' minds? Um, you know we're here and we need to go there, and that's significant change. Or is it um, is it also or instead of 
strategic planning being we're here and we need to stay here. So we need to help ourselves stay here. What, what's, what is, is, what do you guys find strategic planning does best? Hmm. It's a great question. Hmm. Uh, I would say that, um, without some sort of discomfort about where we're at today, there is no change. And I, I think I would answer your question by saying that as we look toward the future, as we look toward God's design for a local body of believers that we're involved in, we need to be open to that change. And since God really isn't in the business of making us comfortable, uh, he's in the, he's in the business of growing us as individuals. And I think as corporate bodies, I think change is always in the mix when we talk about planning for the future and relying on God for for what he has for us. Hmm. What are you thinking about I, that, Jeff? I would agree with that. Uh, you, you can, generally speaking, whether it's an organization or an individual, um, you can't grow without having some sort of change. It's just not that, it's not in our nature uh, we we tend to like to be in the the in our comfort zone. If you think of it as circles, uh, comfort zone being in the middle, and a larger circle on the on way outside, kind of in the panic zone. Uh, but what we really want to be is in that learning zone in between, uh, where we're just a little bit outside of our comfort zone, yet uh, yet always challenging ourselves. And it's easy as churches, it's easy as individuals to just continue to go to church uh, Sunday after Sunday or maybe a Sunday in a midweek service once in a while and um, and really just, just kind of float along in life. And um, that, I don't think that God called, I know God does not call that us to that. And, you know, I've just learned over the last, you know, I'm 60 years old now, but I wish I would have known now what I knew, you know, knew at 30 what I know now and mm-hmm. just the faithfulness of God. And the more that you uh, do for him and, and depend upon him, the more um, the, the more he becomes reliable to you and the more you rely on him. So, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I know I've chatted with a lot of people over the course of time. I've served on a few uh, boards, uh, a few church boards, and I don't know that anyone has been bold enough to tell me this statement, but my observation is that some people might see strategic planning as um, perhaps an enemy of following God's purpose. So Hmm. faith and strategic planning, how can they possibly go hand in hand? How would you answer that, Jeff? Uh, Seeking God through the strategic planning process, Mm -hmm. using the planning process. And, you know, I, you can call it whatever you want, but it is a, it, it, you know, I, I try to bring people together um, to talk about, uh, to talk about things that we talk about sometimes, uh, you know, whether it's around the water cooler here at work or, or in the office or, or, um, you know, in, in the church, uh, many times, uh, just circling around board member board meetings or committee meetings, or just in the general congregation. 
and and getting those ideas, the things that God's laid upon people's hearts uh, throughout the years, and just bringing them together, writing it down on a piece of paper, and holding you know holding us account, holding ourselves accountable to moving the church in that direction. I think um, you know I'm I'm pretty simple when it comes to uh, strategic planning. We don't get too elaborate. Uh, I'm pretty simple guy and i like to keep things simple and and um so i know there's a lot of things to talk about strategy but it's really what's on your heart and what god puts on your heart through the planning process and i said you know i think it would be important for any church if they're going to go through this to to seek god in in every meeting that they go to and and really ask him to uh, be in the room there with us and and to help us plan. So once you've taken that step and you've prayed about it and prayed about it together, what, is there a a simple three step, four step, five step process that you might sort of encourage uh, church boards to take in that planning if they've not done that yet? Yeah, um, you, we have. Uh, you know, I we I would break it down. I would break the process down into uh, different uh, committees, uh, depending upon the size of the church, uh, with the number of committees that you might or teams that you might uh, want to associate with. And and then, um, you know, there's there's a, you know, a process that each team would go through, uh, you know, a meeting process, and it would have to happen over probably two to three months. And uh, because you need time in between to to digest uh, information. So, yeah, I try to use, uh, you know, we have two or three meetings, uh, uh, think about things, uh, bring it back together and then um, and then bring that that information back to uh, back to the board. Is the goal or part of the goal of a three year plan, five year plan? What is sort of the That's objective? the challenge. That's really been challenging. And, uh, you know, when I first started doing this, it was a five, maybe a six-year plan. Um, but uh, anymore, you're looking at, you know, two, three years, and you're, and you're revisiting the plan. Uh, here at our school, we, we revisit the plan every, you know, probably every month. But we, we really look at it every year and uh, see if we're on the right track and, and we don't look out any further than three years. And, and that's the biggest challenge is that it's just a constant, you know, it's just a constant, uh, change process, uh, as our, as our society, uh, continues to change. So the, the technology changes and. Yeah. Uh, so the question I, you know, I you raise a really interesting question that, um, that, I, I suppose, you know, I don't know. I don't want to indict. Let's for the for the listeners who are going to be enjoying this podcast and, and learning from it, or not enjoying it, depending <laughs> on what you yeah, say. Exactly. Um, so this is not with an in, indictment of of any particular church, but maybe Jeff, if you'd answer this question first, and then and then Brett, um, what what would a church look like that doesn't have a strategic outlook? What would it look like? What what would it stumble over, um, or what would it? Uh, how would its what would its operation operational culture feel like for a church that has really no strategic outlook? 
So they, so you're saying they're not even considering a strategic outlook. They're just right, right. Yeah. Okay. What would that church look like? And what would they? What would be some common issues they would be facing if you had to guess? Well, they're going to be focused on, uh, you know, keeping the lights on and the uh, lawn mowed and the hedges trimmed and, um, you know, uh, I guess focused on the day-to-day operations who's teaching uh the sunday school and what uh what event you know are we going to plan for next month uh because we well we haven't had a social event in you know two months so we need to we need to plan something so um i think that that's where you know they they you know, not not thinking about ministry, not thinking about outreach, but just thinking about taking care. I, I think sometimes of the of the church uh, parishioners uh, that that's what I would see. That church, not that those are those are not bad things. Those are those are good things. But we have, I think, we're called to do more than than that. So, what do you think, Brett? Yeah, I might add that maybe self assessment is lacking. Lacking, So there's probably a presumption that what we did last year is essentially what we'll do this year. Right. And that presumes that what we did last year was a, was a good time and energy spent. Could have been, could have been, but there's not necessarily a willingness to say, but it's okay if it isn't because God might be calling us to do something different. So if we did, VBS in this way and, you know, year upon year after year. Um, and we just presume that next year we should do it the same way. Jeff, I think you're, you're pointing out that technology is um, changing things rapidly, the way we have to plan um, to presume that what we were doing two years ago is effective uh, mm. today, mm. I think is not a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. And so I am really, uh, I don't love assessing myself and thinking of things that I poured time and energy into and that you and I gave birth to and we came up with this plan and all of a sudden we're not going to use it. Um, but I think there has to be a willingness to self-assess. So it's, it's interesting and that there seems to be just tension. Um, why, why do you guys think that boardrooms of churches are often filled with leaders who lead strategically but yet when they get into the church boardroom they turn that strategic mindset off do you guys have a a sense of why that that might be i know this is just you know theor- theoretically but would hmm. do, do you have any uh, sense of that disconnect in the, the value of strategic thought when it comes to church board ministry? That's a profound question because a lot of these leaders are business people and they strategically plan their way through their business opportunities, their life, their retirement plan, whatever the case might be. Um, don't know for sure, but maybe one element is that there's a bit of a sacred and secular kind of divide and business feels a little bit more secular. Therefore, we can apply 
secular principles like strategic planning. And, but, and it kind of goes back to the, where does faith fit into the equation, right? And so can, can you really even have those two together, <laughs> faith and strategic planning? And, and, and it feels like the church is a place where you're just supposed to not do the things that we do in the world hmm. in business, right? Obviously don't agree with that, but I do hear that even in the language of our business leaders, that somehow they're led to believe that what they do during the week is lesser and therefore is approached differently than what they do on Sunday or for the church. Hmm. Hmm. I might uh, suggest, too, that uh, that's hard work. Hmm. I mean, it, it is. Uh, you don't think of strategic planning or planning um, or thinking or strategizing as work, but it is. It's very taxing. It's it's time-consuming. Um are we willing as board members to put the time and energy into assessing where we really are? And then, uh, well, we just hire a pastor and he's supposed to, you know, do that. So, yeah. So, you know, that, that brings us to a, a good question. What's the, what's the biggest challenge you guys have faced when it comes to strategic planning? You know, whether it's at the, at the church level or at the, organizational level um what what's the what is that challenge you you face that that seems like it just it sticks in your mind the the challenge is is getting it right and and not having to um (laughs) not having to scrap the plan Mm. um you know right out of the chute or or in making sure that you do your due diligence uh uh, i was at a school district uh in uh in 2007 and uh of course we had the economic you know troubles of 2008 and that that really uh, thwarted uh, some of that that planning process that that we were able to accomplish so i you know that's been my experience uh there there's things outside of your control that sometimes you know will impact your plan but i think they also that the time the amount of time that it takes and getting people to um, commit to, to the time. Um, if, I mean, minimum, you're going minimum. If I, if I were doing a, a full blown uh, strategic planning process, you're, you're looking at committing to, uh, you know, three, three nights, um, you know, over two or three months, uh, you know, two hours, probably a, a night in that, or, or you know that six or six eight hours of, of planning. Mm-hmm. So I, go ahead. Go ahead. I'd, I'd like to add one thing to that because I think that's a great, a great list to start with. I, I do think there's a challenge with spending the time planning, creating a document, and there's a difference between sort of living documents and dead documents. Dead documents are the ones that you, yeah. you aren't willing to assess. You aren't willing to sort of revisit. You aren't willing to retool. Uh, it's a process that you went through that nobody abides by because you don't look at it again. <laughs> dust, dust it off once in a, it once is, in a three years. Yeah, like, hey, we, we talked about this mm-hmm. once. 
So uh, not that you've ever experienced that, Jeff, but uh, I have. I know in my context. So you know, um, it's it's interesting that this idea of strategic planning because it is a very corporate. It it has come maybe from a corporate nomenclature or, or language. Um, I wonder if you guys could together in this moment build a very concise definition of what a strategic plan is for a church if if you had a uh, two or three sentences to say to a board this is what a strategic plan is um, I wonder if if maybe um Brett you could start us with this is what a strategic plan is and, it, and it's gonna probably be long and I wonder if we could between the two of you guys and the three of us maybe come up with a really easy to talk about or easy to describe strategic plan for a church that a church board could say, Oh, that makes sense to, to the needs of our ministry. No pressure there, Brian. I know, right? Absolute <laughs> on the fly. Thinking. Hundreds of years of strategic planning and on a 40 minute podcast. In fact, in two minutes, we need to define that okay. in, in two sentences. All right. Two sentences. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, either one of you guys start this off because it, I think there is a lack of clarity of what it is we're talking about. And, and and I think earlier in the podcast, Brett, you talked about bringing the corporate into the boardroom, which is, which does, does cause concern. Um, so how do we, how do we make this a, a definition that is a, a reasonable definition for people to wrap their hands around at the, at, in the church boardroom? All right, I'll take a stab. Uh, I don't see, first of all, the planning process for a church being any different than for a business, if you're a Christian. Ultimately, we're stewards. We're stewards of what God's entrusted to us. And there's a noble task that Scripture talks about in being part of the board governance structure. Uh, but God has also given us gifts. Everything that we have is from him. And so, so first and foremost, I don't see that this is just a church board definition. But I think it's seeking God, and seeking God's design and purpose for the entity that he's entrusted into our care. Mm, good one. Boy, that's pretty profound. Man, Jeff, I, I don't, I, that, that, that I don't raises a high can, bar. <laughs> it is a high bar. Um, yeah, I think it's a process where you forecast the future. You obtain consensus of, of ministry and philosophy, philosophy of, of ministry. And then finally, it's sort of a it's a list of things that you uh, projects that you initiate. Whether that's a project that's a, it's a building project that works really well, but also you know a ministry project. We're going to uh, you know reach so many people or or create some sort of ministry in our community. So so forecasting the future. Uh, Obtaining against a consensus, a, a philosophy of ministry, and I think that this opens up opportunities to do that, and then uh, initiating complete projects. Nice. Yeah, I love. I like the legs that puts on it. Yeah, yeah. That that is. We'll uh, we'll we'll attach that to our um, to the definition in this podcast for you to take a peek at, listen, or, or look at later. Um, so how does how do we as as ministry leaders make sure that the strategic plan isn't tied 
solely to the leader. Because in churches, maybe not unlike ministries outside of the church world, but in churches you have the the, the possibility of not only pastors transitioning out of their roles, but board members, and sometimes that's baked right into it. And how, how does a how does a church team ensure that the strategic plan is bigger than the leader or leadership team, so that if another leader comes in, it it it's, has sustainability? Is there a is there a way to do that that feels even more secure for a planning team if they think they're gonna it's gonna go away as soon as this board leaves? It's it's there's not a lot of energy. <laughs> I think that that comes down to the distributed leadership philosophy and it works really well. I, in fact, I'm grappling with that in my own uh, professional career here as I face retirement and codifying uh, everything that I, you know, tried to do here. And, and so it isn't just a big change, but I think the, the key Brian is to include as many people in the process as, as you can uh, get you get your key people that you need to have on in key areas uh, on, on certain teams, let them, you know, turn them loose, let them uh, brainstorm and pray and, and, and just come up with, with those plans. So if they're part of the process, they own it. They don't, you're not, they're not, you're not selling them on anything, but they actually own it. So Brian, I have a question for you. On that front, mm-hmm. I've been involved in several churches, and some of those churches have leadership styles that maybe Jeff describes, sort of distributed leadership. Others have a very, very strong personality leading them, right? And uh, it probably wouldn't meet the bus test, meaning if that person got hit by the bus, the plan would survive beyond them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder to what extent you experience that with the churches that you visit, like strong personality who is not probably not just going to define the vision, but ensure that, that, that the direction they're headed is in accordance with what they want Mm -hmm. and maybe aren't as inclusive as Jeff describes. So earlier on, that's, that's a really good question. Well, earlier on, we were talking about the health of a church, the health of an organization that can sustain the, the weight or the burden of a, of a planning process. And, what I what we're working on the the three part strategy that that we continue to um, speak about in our in our ministry is healthy pastors, healthy boards, and healthy churches. And yeah, I, I believe one of the things that we really are focused on as a ministry is the the idea of what is the value of a healthy board. Why 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 would a board want to be healthy, and what does healthy look like, and and how can we become healthy organizationally or, or in, in support of our ministry and our pastor. My, I would suggest that a, a healthy board allows for a ministry to think strategically and, um, and not just healthy as in like everybody gets along and enjoys having donuts together, but really at, at a multidimensional, multi-perspective point, how does a board become healthy enough to handle the weight of a strategic plan or a strategic thought. So what I find is in, in, in our churches, we have, it's not uncommon for a pastor to feel like they're making decisions on their own. And, and to the outside person that might feel like they're, they're um, 
taking control of everything, but in fact, it's that other people aren't stepping up to help them. And and so mm. what I'm what I'm working with boards on this is don't put your pastor in a place that they're the primary or or sole voice in strategy. Um, step up, help them out, help them become more empowered by the team. So I think some of it is out of necessity. A pastor might say, if I don't do it, nobody will, which is entirely possible. Some of it is a strong personality, but a a healthy board will help a strong personality from being a single personality, I I believe. Um, And uh, because we put a lot of pressures on our pastors to, to be able to have that voice, but a board can help that voice be moderated or, um, supported, I suppose, depends on what side that you're talking about. That's great insight. So Dr. Jeff Price has been our guest today on this podcast. And uh, before we wind things up, uh, Jeff would love if you have any closing comments, maybe to round out our conversation today. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as you're, you're planning, you think of, are you, are you, planning a religious center or are you playing a place where God you want God to dwell among his people so um, I liken that to Babylon and and the temple and so what are you what are you going to build and how are you going to build um, and if if you just leave it to chance then um, and you just float along then then you're really not you may end up with uh, with your religious center uh, made of uh, you, know, you know you might have a good name and you might have a, even unity in in that, but uh, you really just have a religious center. So I would challenge uh, your listeners mm-hmm. to think about drawing closer into a closer relationship with who God is, and and then you know also thinking about what does God want us to do with the gifts that he's given us over, you know, over the next five or 10 or, or whatever years that, that he has. He, you know, we all hope that the rapture happens tomorrow. Um, but, uh, we have to plan like it, like, you know, it's going to happen, you know, beyond our lifetimes. Mm, great one. That's a good word and a great challenge. Jeff, appreciate your time today. Okay, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it very much. It thank you. Nice thank you. meeting you, uh, Brett. And uh, Brian, it's good to talk with you again. Thank you, brother. Hey, Excellent. thank you again. Thank you, Brett. Yeah. So until next time, we uh, will continue and hopefully I'll be a little bit more challenged in the strategic planning process. Yeah, thank you.